so bad for a handset more like me. You bored him the way I did. You got to understand, trick love the kids. Trick love the kids. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Red Gringos. I'm your host, Phil Bakke, and uh, back in person, probably the probably the quickest turnaround we've had. Yeah, uh, is Pat Staley. Pat, what's up? It's good to be back. Good to be back. Only yeah. two weeks, which yeah. might be a record this week, not just for face to face sessions, but just rolling out podcasts in yeah. general. <laughs> <laughs> not not even kidding. Yeah, we've been uh well we we've just been we've yeah, been a little busy. We've been doing things. Well, making moves, but uh yeah, we're back uh we're back in the studio for a uh a big uh well, a big one today. Lots to talk about. Yeah. Past couple of weeks have been busy. Luckily, the next week and a half not so busy for for Liverpool. They get a little bit of a break, so it's Nice for nice for them, not so nice for us. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed, but yeah. <laughs> you know, coming down off that 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 winter winter festive yeah. fixture list, yeah, yeah. When we're used to just you know when there's not soccer being played somewhere, it's just an an absolute outrage. Yeah, um, but the players, I guess, you know, need some time off, and they'll uh, they'll I get guess. a nice little break. Jeannie gets Jeannie gets to head down to South Beach and. <laughs> And just and just drip and like, just shine like just only Gene can just shine yeah um, so I mean uh, yeah we're uh, kicking this one off um, well I guess we should kick it off as we as we always do with a little bit of poison um, I guess I guess I picked them yeah you you really left me no choice here yeah so although I can't complain with what we kicked it off with oh, which yeah. is the Delirium Tremens. What's it? Mm-hmm. What does it come in at again? Uh, eight that's at eight point five Belgian. Thinking eight point five Belgian ale. You got to try that Belgian ale. Oh yeah, look for the pink elephant. That's yeah. the. Now you'll normally find it in like a, almost like it's not glass. It, it's like a ceramic bottle, like, like pewter. Pewter. <laughs> pewter. You'll find it in a white pewter <laughs> bottle with a pink elephant on it but we found it in uh in in like tall boy cans yeah which i always appreciate like the douchier the beer appears the more i'm going to enjoy it hence the heineken that i enjoyed on the flight over yeah that's what i mean you have to squeeze that one in there. well yeah you know just just for stan's benefit yeah just you know in the hopes that heineken at heineken (laughs) underscore uk or us is listening then you never know and and i would i don't know I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll find out after this, but <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, yeah we went with the delirium tremens and then we just got a uh, a nice nice kind of f- uh, finisher kind of a like tail things down pair things down the uh, the easy peasy IPA. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I'm drinking. With this one. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's like a session IPA from uh, from a brewery called Deep Ellum in Dallas, Texas. Is it Deep Ellum? Yeah. Okay, I think I've mistakenly called it. It's not AM. 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 In the AM. AM. But it does sort of look like Indeep Elam. Elam? Yeah, Elam. Elam. Yeah. Looks you like, gotta remember uh, it's Dallas and not El Paso, so two L's doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean you, you give it the. Uh, 
Should have heard me on the car ride over. I was a lot of lot of Spanish, a lot of Espanol. Oh, yeah? So you know, I got to make the switch over. But yeah. um, <laughs> I thought for a second it might be a Carbach. No, which are of course. I don't know if it's canceled or just like blacklisted. What would be the more? Yeah, this I'm might gonna... be an okay boomer moment for us. <laughs> but I don't know what the most appropriate. I'm gonna go version the, is for the purposes of the pod. Um, I'm gonna go blacklisted. Mm-hmm. Um, Carbock beers no longer welcome on the uh, <laughs> on the on the poison list on the Gringos airwaves. Um, and just so just so everybody gets the, uh, I won't get too deep into it. But bottom line. Uh, Carbach had an event with uh, one Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> I was gonna say one the pirate. I, one I <laughs> as a member of the armed forces, I'm allowed to make fun of him. Um, no, I uh, yeah, they had a thing with Dan Crenshaw, and he's just a terrible person. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, no more Carbach. And uh, I was already kind of on the fence about him. Yeah, of most their most beer AB, snobs are AB InBev yeah. connections. Yeah. Um, but their distribution, it, they're everywhere. So it's a it's an easy kind of go, where it's like, eh, it's not like it's not the best, but it's here. You know, sometimes just out of access, ease of access. But we do no need to more. burn no our Hopadillo shirts. I've got I've, I've got it ready. <laughs> This I, may, I thought this might. This happen. may happen. This <laughs> may happen. like a like a Torres kit almost. <laughs> what we're doing to this. Yeah, um, yeah, it was an absolute. Uh, yeah, so Carbach uh, hits the blacklist. First uh, brewery to do it, so they get that. Um, yeah, it is undignified honor of of being the first blacklisted. Brewery. I don't know what kind of street cred that gives us when I hype up Heineken and then, <laughs> and then blacklist. Then we... <laughs> maybe in like an Uber hipster way. Yeah. I've strung the right chord with with the beer snobs out there. But. I think I think you've somehow kind of. <laughs> finagled your way into into a an acceptable space there but weasel um well you heard in the intro trick daddy um he loved them kids love the kids and we do too because the boys the boys the lads they were out there today. <laughs> absolute lads fa cup fourth round replay against shrewsbury uh you know klopp not even in attendance watching on a laptop and nope. In his clearly already booked travel accommodations, <laughs> when uh, he was not planning on a replay, um, but today for all the talk, for all the all the narrative, everything everything around it, the kids they they get it done, one nothing, and uh, and Liverpool are through to the fifth round. I uh, did you get to watch any? Like no, I don't know. I, wa- I watched a couple highlights. Okay. Okay. I listened to some of it on uh, the LFC TV okay. um, audio thing. The streams came through, and I was really happy yeah. that the timeline today was pro illegal stream. Mm-hmm. Except for we didn't list him in the villain, mm-hmm. so we can give him a shout out now. Was it Christian Walsh? Yeah, mini mini villain. Yeah, a you know normally a mainstay in the will not rock the boat on the timeline, um, yeah. but big big LFC presence yeah. on LFC Twitter. And, you know, kind of pulls the cop move today with, yeah. you know, not going to watch the stream yeah. because, one, it's illegal. And, you know, I stopped reading after that. Um, <laughs> Absolute federal, a- federal <laughs> agent. But, no, like a lot of positivity for the streams yeah. on the timeline, which I appreciate. Um, I assume 
Klopp had to be using an illegal stream. And mine, when I oh, and I caught maybe the last like five minutes, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the boys, yeah, was it Morgan boys boyes? Yeah, it would be hilarious if it was like <laughs> boys, but uh, but the boys look good. They looked yeah. up for it. Um, yeah. But but yeah, aside from that, I can't. You know, I don't know how many people actually got to see it. Right. Maybe hear it. Um, but the fact is, it got him through. Yeah, hearing hearing it, I, I heard the beginning uh, stages, and I was really impressed with how much the approach felt like the first team. And obviously, not yeah. being able to yeah. witness it, it makes it a little bit tougher. But more or less, the the vibe of the game where. We're we're on top. We have a lot of the ball. We had we had more or less like things were in control. And then when Shrewsbury would get the ball and would try to would try to counter, it was Vandenberg like yeah. covering. It was uh, you know uh, Neca Williams tracking back. Like there was the the people that you that are playing in the positions of the the regulars were doing not as you know not to the level of. Of their, yeah. of their, you know, their, uh, I guess, idols, essentially, like the guys who they, <laughs> who they aspire to, yeah. to one day. They're the understudies. Play, play like, um, but they were doing the things at a little bit, you know, lower level that the person that they were standing in for, you know, does. And yeah. Harvey Elliott, like attacking out from wide, out on the right, like, is he, you know. The sixteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old English Mo Salah with a <laughs> with a shit haircut, like maybe who knows? He's still got time. He's yeah, still he's got, got time. plenty of time. But that's the but that's the thing is um, his uh, everybody was doing their job. Yeah, and I think it's a testament to what Neil Critchley and the academy setup has done. Yeah, and what Liverpool have done as a club, just top to bottom, making it not feel like a huge drop off it's obviously a huge drop off because of the quality of the first team side but for them to come in and get a win against professionals like it's not a non league team like yeah they're league 1 but it, it they're professional footballers and the kids came in and and did a professional job um in getting the win so i think it's just a testament to the the setup at liverpool right now well yeah the first match they they had their game plan. They executed it, and they actually yeah. performed well against a mix of a lot of first first team players too. Yeah. So, but yeah, hearing the shouts for for Jones for Elliot, um, but then also I hear like kind of like um, for set for Vandenberg, yeah, who I think started pretty rocky any time that he would feature, even even for the younger squads, right. Um, but over the past couple of games, it seems like he's kind of riding that ship too. But you would expect that out of a you know teenage center back, and yeah. <laughs> really at all of these positions too. But yeah, right. that the the bigger picture I think is you know one just shattering all the bullshit that came yeah. <laughs> that came around right. like leading up to the match. But then also too, just as you said, the the biggest part of it is the the academy structure kind of coming into play and having. You know, Liverpool have always had an identity as a club that plays positive football, you know, for the most part. Right. <laughs> um, but now is it like, is it is it that vision of like Klopp's team? Is that now right. like the vision of what Liverpool will be moving forward? And makes it a little less scary maybe with Klopp 
eventually at some point, maybe a decade from now, <laughs> going away. But no, it's still scary. It's still scary. The, I mean, the bullshit coming in at the beginning of, or you know, in the build up to this, and really ever since the end of the the actual fourth round game at Shrewsbury, um, this narrative of Klopp disrespecting the FA Cup and and all of that. Um, how much disrespect is it from pundits and, and all of that against these players um, that anytime it, it seems so much is decried about, oh, you know, foreign players coming in and, and really taking chances away yeah. from young English players and all that. Well, Klopp's just given a huge opportunity to a load of, of young players coming up through the academy system. Yeah. And he got nothing but shit for it. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest. Earlier, I think on Twitter, I called us the most maybe knowledgeable and level-headed fans that are out there. Um, maybe, maybe not. But <laughs> like, it was, yeah, it was it was disrespectful by Klopp, right? In sure. in hindsight, to say like, okay, we get a hundred percent why he did it. Mm-hmm. Even after, I'm like, okay, well, you know, shouldn't. Shouldn't you be there? You're not. Sure. Maybe it's Simon Brenda. She said, like, you know, you're not running 10 miles out on the pitch every single match. Right. But then even to have, what, the under 23 or whatever you call them, U21s or 19s, like to have that manager be center stage was the right thing to do. Um, but I also think that's a little bit of a cop out and an yeah. easy way to go because it was. We fielded, you know, going into this round, just the teenage squad, basically. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, even but, even Critchley was like, it's not a under twenty threes. Yeah, it's, it's a, <laughs> a U twenty. Like yeah. at best, it's it, it's average age. I think really. was nineteen. Yeah. Average age was nineteen. Um, yeah. And what uh, what was it? Curtis Jones was the youngest youngest captain ever. Yeah, was it today too? Yeah, and I think Chiravella is the was the oldest at yeah. twenty twenty two. The dude's or like whatever. he's got to be thirty now. He's got to be thirty. But no, he's like twenty one going on thirty. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I think Klopp was trying to send a message, um, rightfully so. Yeah. But you could easily call that disrespectful. But I think when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, you know, all this notion about oh, it's costing it's costing them money. But then you've got you know the FA pulling the the broadcast coverage. Right. To just, but at the end of it, like the amount of hype that this match got mm-hmm. and the amount of attention and talking points that it got. And really, what we saw at the end of the day was a ton of youngsters. And I think even the, was it Critchley, the manager said, like, yeah. you know, the amount of experience they're getting now is like a million sessions that he could do. Right. So, I mean, that's just huge. And so that, <laughs> and it also worked out that the team that we fielded. One right, <laughs> so I'm not, and it wasn't even like that much of an upset. Like it's a great story, right. but fielding like young talent that we had versus, you know, this side with a dude that kind of has a nickname that you'd find on like uh, Bleacher Report or something like that. Um, or no, what's the other one? Barstool. Um, <laughs> no, like it. It's such a really cool story. Yeah. And I'm so glad that it turned out this way. One, first and foremost, for them. But two, also now we're removing ourselves from any of that other bullshit that might have popped up as as a reaction 
to right. fielding this squad. The, I guess the question out of this is, what is, and I wrote this in the agenda, <laughs> not not knowing where this where this discussion would take us, but the FA Cup as it exists right now, we have this. There's obviously tons of history behind it. There is a lot of benefit for the the lower teams in the pyramid and and if you can make a cup run you know as shrewsbury talked about as uh tranmere like we saw with them getting to play united and um and giving us a a a time machine back to a (laughs) earlier date which i know that's a that's an issue for the liverpool women's team now because they play there um but anyways uh the fa cup is in a, it's an important competition in the history of English football and in the and in the um, kind of the heritage of of how the game was established then. But but what is it now? Like is it is it just a matter of making it more important, or is the FA literally just going to have to now? in order to try to stop people from disrespecting it, is it going to to be the FA stepping in and saying, you must field X amount of, of yeah. senior players or something like that? Like, like what, what changes the, you know, if, because it can be, you know, this was a, a dismissive move yeah. by Liverpool. They still win um, despite their dismissiveness. And... Uh, but at the end of the day, Liverpool as a as an organization is simply not affected by progress in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Like their bottom line is not affected. The, nothing about what they do as a club, aside from being able to give an opportunity to young players, yeah. is affected by progress in the FA Cup. So what is it about this competition that has to like is it something that has to change, or do you think that it's just too far gone and and the financial clout of other competitions is just always going to kind of put this on the back burner for for the big guys? It's, yeah, it'll still be important for other teams, but it just seems like it's lost its luster for you know for the the big teams who yeah. are playing in the in Europe and well, stuff. Well, it has too. So I don't there there are ways to I think limit it. One, you've got to get rid of the League Cup because that's just completely watering down, you know, the the FA Cup. Like, I, I think just trophies in general. Um, yeah. By doing both of them, you're taking away from not really the League Cup, but mostly the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, too, from just a fixture perspective. I mean, I think that's Klopp's biggest gripe is not so much like the FA Cup is meaningless, but... It is less meaningful than obviously the Premier League and the Champions League, which we have right. to prioritize, and we have to prioritize those things because of the the fixture pile up and eventually getting a break, but then kind of not really getting a winner break is the way right. that it kind of played out. <laughs> right. Granted, all that could have been avoided if had they you know put Shrewsbury to the sword the first time they played him, but right. no, I think. I think it will always be important from exactly like what we kind of saw today, not to the extent, but mm-hmm. it's a chance for lower league sides to, you know, go to big grounds, to play in big matches, to achieve 
a, a trophy that for them would be huge, even as far-fetched as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing so, you create this balance that has always existed, like Liverpool fielding a weakened team. Basically, it was just United that, that from um, in terms of just Premier League sides right. that didn't field a weakened team in this round. And that's just the way it's always been. Like, right. you're not... There's a balance between fielding, like, your your under twenty squad and a mix of what we did initially, which was some starting eleven, some fringe, sure. some youth, and that's what I think the FA Cup still serves as a really good example for. It's still that balance of positioning youth, giving lower league clubs a chance, um, but you got to get rid of the League Cup to have it have some prestige and not have that fixture list overwhelm because then otherwise you just you're trying to do too much, and unless right. you're city and spending over a billion on a squad, you can't you can't continue to roll players out like that. Right. Yeah. The league and the league cup. I, I think of the competitions in in England, it the whole conception of the league cup when they came up with it in the '60s was because there were basically all of these midweek opportunities for games that yeah. weren't being used. And so they were like, oh, we can put more games on TV. Like, let's start another cup competition, and that way we'll have games to fill these slots. <laughs> now, you don't need that. No, no. one needs that. <laughs> like, they need less. Like a, yeah. lot, like, a lot less. But the League Cup would be a good start. And, uh, and I think the only, the only argument for the League Cup at this point is that it is a trophy opportunity for a team that may never otherwise yeah. get a shot. Yeah. But let's face it, the teams that win the FA Cup and the, and the League Cup are the teams that realize partway through the Premier League that their only good shot at a trophy <laughs> is one of the domestic cups. Yep. So they go all in on... Um, on one of those. Like, City in the League Cup 100% sees that as their best chance at silverware, which is crazy, like, at this point in the season. Oh, yeah. But the Champions League is is a total crapshoot. Like, the draw matters a lot, um, and they can't defend. So, you know, the Champions <laughs> League is a, is tough for, for City. Um, but they're one, you know, they're one game away from from the final, or no, they're in the final. So like they're you know, they're through and they're gonna play in a domestic final and they'll get a they'll get a trophy. Um despite the fact that there should be massive question marks around this season. And they're they're pro- there likely will be, um, unless they can pull out a Champions League win. Um which I guess we'll see. But the uh but you see it across kind of across the FA Cup now in these in these stages like between the third round and the fifth round you see these uh premier league teams like so liverpool's level they are obviously focused on the league and the champions league yeah they're going to play a change team city is going to play a change team at this level because they're always going to get drawn against you know uh, well they got drawn against a championship team at least this time around um so they're going to play a change team but then below that you have that kind of gray area of teams like Leicester who are like ooh we could win the FA Cup yeah and still get Champions League and still you know cuz they're pretty comfortable there in third so like they might not change as much cuz they might you know they're going to go out and try to try to win then you get like 
mid-table, it starts to be like a question mark because it's like if a team is at all worried about getting relegated, they're not playing anybody mm-hmm. who matters in the FA Cup because yeah. they're going to save them for the league. And then you get to the top <laughs> level of the championship, and those guys are trying to get promoted, so they're not playing yeah. their starters in the FA Cup. Like, Fulham played a change team against City, <laughs> and that's crazy. Like, like they rested, no, like they rested players. The money's not there, right? Like that, and that's a whole other thing yeah. that that you might have been speaking towards, but right. It's and that's just, essentially like the incentive yeah. is like teams that have any shot at getting anything out of their league or any sort of like external competition, like the Champions yep. League or whatever. But but even in the Championship, like the teams in the Championship are more likely if they're close to the top or the bottom to play change teams in the cup because they're more worried about either getting promoted or not getting relegated. Yeah. So they rest their players for the cups. And it's just like, no one's ever going to call out. No one's ever going to call out like Nottingham forest for not playing a, a full strength team. Yeah. But it happens like that, you know, championship teams do it too. And I'm sure like Mm -hmm. if Shrewsbury were top of league one, I'm sure they would have, played a change team too like because they you know they'd be resting guys for the for trying for oh, promotion yeah, the championship doubt. and so i think it's just it's you know it isn't it's kind of an easy you know it's a low-hanging fruit of of beating up oh the big teams don't care or whatever but it's just the reality for a lot of teams that their players can't play every three days for like four months and not have ridiculous injuries like yeah. it's, it's it's just not possible unless you have just unreal luck and like conditioning. So yeah, when so that's, yeah, the FA Cup is just always going to be a little bit of a like sideshow. Yeah, by itself, like you know, Arsenal ran off a few. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Like by itself, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. Like it tells like the story what, for United previously. I think Barca too. Like. The, getting the treble, something like that. Um, but it's just in isolation. Yeah, there's so many other factors that are more important than it. Yeah. So um, the bottom line, uh, they're through. The Reds are through. <laughs> Neil Critchley, <laughs> Neil Critchley's through. young Reds um, through to the fifth round and a uh, a date with Chelsea. The question mark now is. Uh, we played a change team in the League Cup against Chelsea. Uh, I think what was that last se- was that last season? No, season before. Last season. Yeah, last season. Yeah, and uh, change team, but still, uh, you know, the mix of of fringe, uh, fringe, and strike uh, the right balance. Yeah. Do you think now that it's we're out of the like really congested area of the of the fixture list. Do you think Klopp goes any stronger against against Chelsea to now that he oh fifth round like we're only a few games from the final now like do you think he maybe goes <laughs> in on trying to get to the final just for the prestige of the domestic double you know I think Klopp is so hyper focused on the league and of course like. You know, Champions League fixtures will compact the schedule, but I think we'll see what a lot of people argued for what they wanted to see this this match today of, you know, like Naby getting some minutes, is Shaq Shaq healthy? I think after the break, we're 
were fully fit. Yeah. I think that's the word. So <clears throat> the, even though they were, God, they were atrocious for Shrewsbury the last time, like the Matip Lovren combination. Yeah, it was bad. But I think that's what we'll see. Shades more of, of shades yeah. of fifteen, sixteen, like we'll see a true eleven, but probably not the starting eleven, given what it's going to be a few days after Watford yeah. away, and then two days before two day turnaround before we face Bournemouth. So yeah. Not exactly like the cream of the crop that right. <laughs> that we've bookended around Chelsea. Um, but then we've got the second leg of Atletico taking place, what, less than a week later, too. Right. So heavy, heavy rotation. Um, but obviously, he's not going to... I mean, I, I'm not going to say it because it's Klopp, but he, might, he may very well do it. He's not going to roll <laughs> out the, the kids the, again, the yeah, boys. The kids. Um, but I mean, what a what a day for them, and and what a chance so to, cool. to be so able cool. to to play at Anfield in front of a full a full stadium. Like everyone was acting like, oh, they're gonna like people are gonna swerve it or whatever. Like sold they, out, yeah, sold they, out, yeah. So. And we didn't even really touch on the FA like completely blacking it out. Yeah, and I was it, gonna say like how how much how dicks. important is this is this. <laughs> in just this competition dick. to you that now that is true spite that I can yeah. get behind too, like matching Klopp spite, <laughs> the pettiness of like, going on vacation. Yeah, yeah, so petty. Just like, well, we're gonna black this game out. So um, streams will find a way. Yes, and they always do. But <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mean, before that, we had you know the last senior team game, I guess before the before the winter break. Yeah, Southampton. Um, this was this was an interesting interesting matchup because we had uh, Liverpool obviously you know top of the league and and running away running away with it as it stands but we're not ready to commit yet are we no no I'm no not, we're not I, no we're not, no, we're not. Uh, but third in the table or third in the form table mm. I should say since mm. the international the last international break um, was. Ralph Hassenhudel's Southampton. Yeah. And uh, for 45 minutes, it felt like that. (laughs) Like they were, that they belong there. No, we, you know, they had, again, they had their plan of attack, the the type of pressing that they did. It wasn't just like the one lone person. I think it was what, not just Ings, but uh, was it Shane Long on top with them too? Yeah. And they pressed high up. They didn't. They didn't really sacrifice too much defensively. Right. Um, but no, I mean, they were energetic. They were up for it. And yeah, for the first 45, I mean, yeah, it was it, it was a tough match. You can see why they have, what do we say? They're they're above Arsenal now. Or, well, now and they're it, level on Level, yeah. level with Arsenal. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah, it was... It, it was one of those where it it was ner- it was nervy for for the first half and and I thought too I, I thought too though it's one of those things where for as as tense as it can get and as and as much as you kind of hang on on each moment and there are times where it feels like oh maybe uh, maybe this is it for that like maybe this is their chance they really <laughs> they really didn't have despite all of that mm-hmm. they didn't have like great chances like just we talk about I, I and I think I, I pointed it out in the bar in commentary uh like to everybody where the commentators were like oh Southampton really giving them a oh, game yeah. here after they had their first shot on target of the game 
like half an hour in and it was and it was one of those where it was you know kind of simple for allison and and just kind of gets behind it like easily saved oh yeah and the the we've hit a level as this liverpool team has like gotten to a point where if you're even remotely hanging with liverpool that's an accomplishment in and yeah. of itself like <laughs> we've hit that level of if you are giving them a game, that's almost as good as a win. Yeah. It, and it's ridiculous, too, because we were chatting a little bit before about, you know, once once the masses, and they're still not there yet, like mm-hmm. understand a more developed stat like expected goals. Yeah. Now we're seeing what we were talking about, like XG2, but also factoring in, um, I think, like match state. So how do expected goals shift Whenever you're, you know, one zero up. Whenever you're leading. Whenever it's strong. Whenever you're behind. Right. Um, and, but yeah, this this match never felt like. Yeah, there were a few nervy moments, mm-hmm. but it, it was credit to Southampton still. But you look back and like, maybe there are a couple close chances, but at the end there was never anything like definitive. No clear cut chances, um, which are ultimately what's what are going to decide it. Yeah, it was um, one of those first halves where <laughs> immediately at halftime it it felt like okay, well they're gonna go into the locker room. Klopp is gonna Klopp is gonna have like something for them. Um, yeah, and then second half they'll they'll kind of get together. I even had um, one of the, one of the uh, a locomotive fan um who is not a liverpool fan but he watch he's watched he's not he doesn't really have a premier league team but he he's, he watches the games yeah. and he's watched he's watched quite a bit of liverpool this year obviously cuz they've you know been yeah been good and and been on how tv can you, how can you not um and <laughs> well, he except for he, today. he texted well yeah he texted me at halftime and was like so liverpool are doing that thing where they let a team hang around for 45 and then blow them out of the water <laughs> And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I guess we'll see. I sure hope so. And then yeah. that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and it's the – what you were you were kind of sticking towards it at the end mm-hmm. of the match when the commentators were like, oh, you know, it could have been – or scoreline. Scoreline was unfair to them mm-hmm. um, when the reality was too. I mean, I don't know. I think earlier in the season we saw it with like a high line and maybe flags not going up and chances – being accredited when maybe they shouldn't have but i feel like southampton got pretty close a few times too but where you had i don't know like verge make like an interception or something like that so those are the type of things where we're gonna feel nervy to say like oh you know southampton's giving it a go meanwhile like how many like almost like inch perfect balls do we have that are just off right and so we kind of over quantify what the opposition is doing and kind of underquantify what what we're doing, even right. though by the end of the match it was just it, it was a blowout. Well, and we had one of those moments, kind of uh, in the what could have been one of the team goals of the season, uh, um, marked off or offside uh, in the end by by a fraction. That um, was so good to go back yeah. and just watch. Oh, like, yeah. it reminds me a little of the Chan. To Firmino, yeah. where Klopp's like, "That's fucking this football." Is football. Or, yeah, <laughs> this is football. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, that was one of those where it's like, okay, like, um, I mean, front to back, 
like a Southampton attack turns it immediately into and I think when I counted it was eight passes yeah from Allison to you know and the ninth was uh, would have been an assist to Salah like if it mm-hmm. had been onside um and that's just amazing to me because they're not all you know it, it it was it was all very sharp it felt almost like or like like rehearsed <laughs> well yeah it's it's different than when we watched what Barca a few years ago when we or even Arsenal a few years ago the way that they would play city now in this just like slow buildup of 20 yeah. to 30 passes that's just like intricate in, in how that plays out and this one is kind of the beauty of when Liverpool are who are a much more direct team like when they're that direct mm-hmm. you know and that with the amount of skill and still like trickery that they put into it uh, it was it was beautiful but yeah. I thought you were also going to mention the Van Dyke oh yeah would I, be me, I meant to <laughs> meant to mention that I mean would be goal it is in the moment uh it is one of those mo you know we we've seen in the past van dyke stay up for that what the, you know what they refer to as the, the second phase yeah. of a set piece uh where he stays forward and it's it's worked much to our benefit and it uh you know last year at at Molyneux, um scores from a from a situation like that he's got a couple from the you know staying forward um yeah. in those situations this one though comes to him filth comes to him just Filth. about like eight yards out, and and he tries he tries a back heel, <laughs> not just any back heel, but just like what doesn't he just like chest it down? Yeah, just so smoothly, and then almost like the little Mane like lofted yeah. like back heel chip, that he does too, chipped back. You know, but everything. I, I went on my rant about you know the luxury that is Virgil yeah. Van Dyke. And that's just part of it. He just moves. He moves differently, like yeah. a, a Cadillac in slow motion. That's still like going faster than every other car right. out on the highway. So, yeah, that was. I'm not going to put it up there in like the pantheon of like, you know, Carragher against Eagles. QPR and all that too. Right, right. But you know, would the world be a better place had it gone in? Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I I I love I loved uh, in that. In that rant about Van Dyke on Twitter, um, or not rant, it's like the wrong. In that <laughs> a, a praiseful rant is that is that a thing? Um, in that like description of Van Dyke's mm. playing style, um, the the one that stuck with me was the expensive scotch on the second deck of a <laughs> of a transatlantic Dreamliner, and I think I think that kind of is what it's like, yeah, right, because. And, you know, taking the scotch out of it, I'm kind of focused on the airplane metaphor here. Yeah. But, you know, an airplane that's flying transatlantic. Yeah. Right? Like, it's going very fast. Yeah. But to the person sitting in first class enjoying that scotch. It's a smooth ride. It's smooth. It's serene. And that that struck me as, like, perfect for Van Dyke because it is... He's doing everything at like <laughs> at full speed at at a speed that's almost like tough for us to to grasp, right? Yeah. He's recognizing situations, he's positioning himself and it's but we don't really notice that. Like the pilot is up there 
like making adjustments and <laughs> he's doing his thing, right? He's able to like make it a smooth ride. But the passenger is just like, this is great. Yeah. You know, like I'm just enjoying it. And that's that's us watching Van Dyke is he's doing all of these things in his head that are just like he's he's seeing things in, you know, five dimensions. Oh yeah. Meanwhile, we're just like, wow, this is awesome. Like Well, those know? the the Dreamliner for exactly the same reasons you mentioned, but also when I, I, I picture like the Belmont train or like some like high end train that right. but it's not just that, but it's also the experience that probably, you know, James Bond is there in like a white tuxedo <laughs> drinking a Vesper Martini as this thing is going on. Right. So it's like I don't know, for maybe a nerdier reference, like it's playing Red Dead Redemption and when you use like Deadeye or whatever, you know, <laughs> he just his whole life is in slow motion, yet he's moving so instinctively and reactively yeah. that it's just, it's it's a sight to see. It is. And I mean, Liverpool have benefited in immensely from it and... I'm getting all worked up. 15, 15 league goals conceded still um, <laughs> in 25 matches so um the <laughs> the second half uh, the first goal comes from a half-hearted penalty shout that has since been completely blown out of proportion from Danny Ings oh of course um but Liverpool in the in a similar style to what we were talking about the ruthless efficiency of going from that tackle to all of a sudden Roberto Firmino is taking a touch on the edge of Southampton's penalty area. Yeah. It happens immediately. And and the that ruthless efficiency eventually leads to uh Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, who little bit in and out of the first half wasn't wasn't as influential as he has been in some games, but in there and does essentially exactly what he's there to do. Oh yeah. Takes a touch on the edge of the Put area and, and puts it Put in bangers. Puts it in the back of the net. I mean that that goal really kind of opens the floodgates for Liverpool. Well, even before with the with the Virgil chance, the Salah offsides, even Ox's opener was what like a little Robertson hustling towards the end line, yep. kind of flicking it back. Firmino then yeah. flicking it yeah. on again. Yeah. Um, but no, they were all beautiful. But yeah, I mean that's we're still not necessarily like the city. The city team that when they are just, you know, packed in defensively and putting, you know, 10, 11 people behind the ball, that's when, you know, we're not going to create the chance. Like, we're going to operate through Trent, we're going to operate through Robertson, and we're not going to get this high quality of chances. And this could kind of maybe lead into the XG discussion. Right. Um, but, But that's why, like, we're just... We are the best team in the world because once there's an opening, we're going to exploit it. Like, we'll yeah. break down teams, we'll win any way that we have to. But once you give them <laughs> just open field to run in, like, they're going to decimate you. Even that, what, even the build up to the uh, solid goal that was offsides mm-hmm. came from maybe a counterattack that kind of ings and maybe some of the other others had started that you know interception and then they're on the back foot yeah so once teams <laughs> once teams are in that position right. whether it's a corner whether it's any type of chance that's i mean we're always just going to pounce because we're 
you know, have as much quality as any other team in the world, but we're also built specifically for that, for directness, for attacking, for speed. The, um, I mean, we're, we're never shy of talking about Roberto Firmino. Uh, never. The, this game, <laughs> he's still looking for his first Anfield goal in the, <laughs> of the season. Um, and yet in this game, he ends uh, with three assists <laughs> and he's, He's just feeding, feeding the other attackers. Just feeding, feeding the hungry, the poor out there. I don't, that's why maybe you could have gone Henry, you could have gone anybody else, like man. But I was like, and I think even the club, like other people, must have voted. I was like, it was yeah, for me now, like he was man of the match, man of the match. Like how, even because he had a couple chances that he could have taken, mm-hmm. but he found the open man. I mean, that's yeah. that's just what Bobby Firmino does. Yeah. You sets know. up sets up the second with a uh just a cutback to to the penalty spot. Um I think it's one of those types of goals that we almost expect Liverpool to get more because of the the players that we have that can get to the end line and, and kind of just cut back for whoever's in space. Yeah. You almost would have imagined that Bobby would be there. Um <laughs> but no, he's he's worked to get the ball, gotten to the end line and then cuts it back. Um, Hendo, nice finish from from yeah. Jordan Henderson as well. Yeah. But uh, I mean, all all kind of made easier or much easier by by the setup of of Bobby. It's just what he does, and we'll talk about maybe the the importance and how much pressure we put on individual players. But no, I mean, yeah, going not a goal drought, but a home a ho goal. As I was talking, I, <laughs> calling him early, they didn't catch on like I thought they might. Um, but no, I mean, he's just, he, he's a special player. And yeah. that, I mean, there's no greater example, I think, than that match, than him just putting just feasts on a platter for yeah. other players while he's, you know, starving on the inside. Himself. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bobby ending with the, uh, with the three assists and uh, getting... Um, the uh the 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 man of the match in this one but um i mean we were speaking about uh the xg involved um liverpool ending this one somewhere in the realm of 3.6 or or somewhere depending on what outlet you look at yeah they get four um and a 3.6 could easily be you know a five or a five or a six um just you know, just a couple of games ago, the uh, City against Villa, I I think their you know it was six one, and yeah. the X, City's XG was four. Um, so anything above like three and a half, you're looking at. Oh yeah, that's a that's a beat down. Well, we had I kind of posted something about this, and Stan interacted it with it a little bit. Yeah, but it's almost trying to take. Like it's not complicated. XG first and foremost isn't complicated. Two. When you see chances on a map as just big circles, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like this is not this is not rocket science. Like right. just think about it. Like we can go two different directions here. The first direction is to say a simplified version, find the big chances. Right. Southampton had zero. They had point eight. 
So in the grand scheme of things, maybe, yeah, they could have deserved a goal. Like one of those maybe right. goes in. Um, but you also have Allison back there. So right. that's another story. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> but none of those... And there's a difference between like like ending a match with like 0.3 or 0.4 XG. That comes from one big chance. Like you've got a better shot of scoring that one. Now, obviously, mathematically, you have the same – you have 0.4% chance of scoring that as opposed to 0.8 in the other ones. Right. But when we watch – it's dangerous, but almost applying, like, the eye test to it too. Mm-hmm. So any any of those <laughs> six chances that Liverpool have that show up as kind of – I think there were six big chances, at least five. You expect, as somebody watching the match, that – any of those players that are out on that pitch are going to finish that chance, right? Yeah. So it's not absurd to say at the end of the match, Liverpool could have easily had six. Whereas if you look at those Southampton chances, you could say, okay, none of those really kind of factor in too heavily to be to right. to be like a shot. Like they were all kind of speculative efforts, right? Um, but I don't know, like. But then that goes that that takes us to this notion of okay, well, did Southampton have better chances than what was reflected in XG? Yeah, and I think that's now where we get to, you know, more more complex definitions of what all is factoring into XG, but then also like XG two, and you know, what is the influence of defenders, of space, of the the quality of the hit, mm-hmm. and that's where Southampton, I think, struggled, right, is because none of those chances were really too troublesome you know they were either speculative from range or they were like the bobby Firmino effect where good chances got blocked or something like that too so (laughs) but no at the end i mean it it holds up in the grander scheme of things in the season that's where xg kind of you know kind of waters down um but no like watching the match any reasonable person would say that that's a blowout xg kind of backed it up um but yeah, I'm excited to see there's more and more kind of forms of defining it and what it is and trying to make sense statistically because you can't look back and say 100 out of 102 points is due to luck or due to VAR Right. when it clearly is not. Right. <laughs> clearly is not from any basic metric coming out there too. Yeah. Um, but no, Southampton was a great example of maybe some of why it's accurate and why it's flawed mm-hmm. all at the same time. Right. Yeah, we and I mean, I think with the XG2, it's interesting because you have the quality of the hit, uh, you know, come into play. And we had we had a situation, uh, I guess that would have been in the first half, uh, where Gineppo for Southampton takes a shot from the edge of the area, absolutely like kill crushes this ball. Yeah, all his power behind it, everything, and Allison. Bats it down and and like catches it, like catches one, it just like on the bounce <laughs> or whatever, and it was just yeah. like nothing, yep, or whatever. So maybe that's even speaking to what you said of like we can we can have XG and you and you add up all these chances and yeah, maybe it leads to one goal, but if you have a bunch of chances that are you know less than twenty percent of going in, then Allison is that he's greater than twenty percent. Oh like, yeah. He's he's subtracting whatever chance you had um, to make it zero yeah. more often than not. Well, and also I think that's been the biggest difference for us. Like we are just slightly outperforming expected goals over the course of the season. But 
when you look at in some, but the biggest part for us are the defensive stats and how right. like, and that's where XG two kind of tells the more realistic story of. It's not just the chances that we're giving up, but they're not clean chances. They're being pressured. Right. The defenders, or I'm sorry, the attackers aren't getting clean shots on it too, because we're not really outperforming. And I think uh, I think it was Dan Kennett, mm-hmm. as he always does, posted big chance conversion rates. Because there's this all all of this now about City being wasteful and doing all that, and his stats show like you know they're still performing. I think higher than the league average, and oh, even over the past four to eight weeks or so, they're even performing higher than that. So it's just, I don't know, it's all these narratives kind of spun from it, and in the grand scheme of things, they're underperforming, I think, a little bit, but, you know, the chances are the chances, so they're just maybe not banging in the world lease that, <laughs> that they might have another one. No, De Bruyne right. is still is, too, so I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... It's uh, it's always interesting to look at um, like the um, the over or underperforming um, stats of XG, where you have you know Liverpool is is way outperforming um, their expected goals allowed. Oh yeah, um, it's like we're at a minus 8.64 based on the amount of goals that we should have allowed 23 we've allowed 15 so or you know based on xg so yeah that is really like ultimately because you can go xg and you know city is like top of the xg charts oh yeah but they also just had a game against spurs where <laughs> they could have had like seven goals and they get shut out and yep concede to so that's turning out to be the difference in in this particular league campaign is liverpool are scoring the goals that they should yeah and they're not allowing a lot of goals that they should so (laughs) city on the other hand have allowed three more goals than their xg allowed which is very bad (laughs) obviously (laughs) so and they've scored two less goals than their xg suggested that they should so yeah. it's they're just about on par with their xg but they're way they're way underperforming um in xga which for an elite team you have to be outperforming <laughs> you have to be better than your expected goals yeah. allowed um it's just uh it's it, it's just it's just a case now where liverpool have hit this just unprecedented level basically of combining uh, what is an efficient attack um, that more or less like gets enough goals uh, yeah. as it stands right now, and in this one they got they got plenty, um, and but a defense that just doesn't allow quality chances, and Nothing. that's and that's really um, that's really what it's come down to. But between all of that, <laughs> wait. So let me get this yeah, right. You were saying that. It's got to be a defender then. That's our player of the year. It's got it's got to be Allison, it's got to be Van Dyke. Well, maybe Trent. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of candidates, but uh the bookies are the bookies are not on your side. Um Oh, so then 
I feel like it's pitch meeting now. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, so then it's got to be like Sala or or Mane or Firmino. Um, no, actually, it's. Uh, what if I told you that the favorite to win Player of the Year was Jordan Henderson? Well, I mean, obviously, I I know that he's the favorite. <laughs> but if I'm staying in character yeah. as a buffoon. Or maybe as a sane person. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know anymore. Um, I would be shocked. Yeah. I would be shocked. Had had I not, like, you know, lived the vast majority of my past, like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years on this planet, like, through Twitter, Yeah, I would be shocked. Right. Right? Like, yeah, like, Hendo putting in shifts. Mm-hmm. Putting in shifts. Right? Yeah. But... Not even just on LFC Twitter. Right. But just in in the world of football in the UK. Right. Henderson is now the odds. Jordan Henderson, yeah. captain of Liverpool, yeah. um, is the odds on favorite to be player of the year. Yeah. I want to <laughs> How I wanna, do, how preface do we... <laughs> this. I want to preface this because I know I know that there are a lot of people who listen to the show and like on LC Twitter and our friends and us yeah like Jordan Henderson and I want to preface this by saying this is not coming from a place of like not rating or not appreciating oh yeah what Jordan Henderson brings to Liverpool oh yeah it's we've, actually the opposite we've been saying it for years right like you can go back there's <laughs> There's literal segments on this show in previous episodes called Fuck the Haters (laughs) that feature Jordan Henderson. And it is, but, and I I just want to preface all of this by saying that because we appreciate what Jordan Henderson brings to Liverpool. Yeah. The question is not, do we appreciate his attributes? The question is, is he the best player in the Premier League, and the answer is just not yes. <laughs> I don't know. That was confusing. But the bottom line is that he's not the best player in the Premier he League. He is not. He, even on his recent run of form. Right. He He's not. Yes. He's not... I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, he's top 10 when you compare him to the LFC starting eleven. <laughs> you know right. he's cracking the top ten, but right. it, he's again. I'm trying to find this balance where I'm not right, like just we're not beating trying, on Hendo. We're, we're trying, trying to go after LFC Twitter here. Yes, and, and maybe and the British media. Yeah, bit. and British media now too, because they're all getting behind it. Um, but it's been everything from you know the random isolated posts about like Hendo. Is he going to go down as like better than Gerard or something like that? Which is, which is ridiculous. To you know the recent, I don't know, big LFC account that will rename remain nameless, and is always a frequent villain, um, but saying that he's like, I don't even want to say this because it sounds like I'm crediting Skulls, but like you can't compare the two players, but. This whole larger now view of Hendo being player of the season, it's, I don't know, it almost, ha- it happens a lot in, um, 
I'll say maybe like the NBA, MLB, it's weighted pretty heavily too. In other sports where like the team that is highest performing, like pick the best player, that's the MVP, right? right. That's player of the season. Right. That makes sense. Except Hendo's not maybe he's maybe he's top five right. most influential in this team. Right. But you know, we've got the runner up to the Ballon d'Or, so you know, I, <laughs> I don't know where he factors in right. <laughs> in this player of the season talk. But we love Hendo. He's yes. been He's had a rocky season where he has not been in form all season, but he's right. been really good over the past month or two. Yeah. Could he make team of the season? Sure, why not? But yeah. player of the season? I think I think part of the part of the thing that's being brought into into the conversation is is Hendo is is the captain and has done a great job as captain yeah. of Liverpool. Yeah. Um He's the captain of potentially one of one of the greatest teams in Premier League history, yep. or in English top flight history, in English history, in European football history. <laughs> like it's it's hitting those type of levels. Yeah, is being the captain of a great team equal to being a great player? And I'm talking like world class, not like Michael Bradley world class. We're talking like. I'm saying, like, on, you know, if you are the captain of a great team, does that make you, by default, a great player? Because that's kind of, to me, that's what's happening. Like, we're giving Hendo the credit yeah. for the creation of, or for the togetherness and the and the work rate of everybody. Yeah, because he's not, he's not the linchpin of our attack. That's Firmino, right. or arguably Salah. Like, he's not the creative presence, although it's been better. That's Trent. That's Robertson. Again, that's yeah. a front three. And he's not providing <laughs> defensive stability right. to the extent that, you know, Fabinho was prior yeah. or to what Verge. And I, and we were even going at Gomez, too, for, for the stuff that's been said about him recently. Yeah. He's just doing everything really well right, right now. You know, he's kind of like pulling that jack of all trades, which is exactly what you want from a player in his position. But I think you're exactly right. He is receiving like as captain. Uh, but we don't hear about that, though. We just hear about Jordan Henderson player of the year. We, we're we not hearing like Jordan Henderson captain, like captivating right. this team, lifting this team up. We're hearing right. Klopp. Like right. do that and be responsible for it, yeah. which he absolutely is, and of course Henderson is by default too. But I, I think it can help make you a legendary player. But it doesn't, you know, you're not automatically world class, and you don't automatically get right. all the accolades that come with it. It would almost be like I, I don't want to credit the skulls comparison, <laughs> comparison now, <laughs> oh, but God. like if he continued that, like if he continued this run of success, like it's like that le- level of player, like. He's not a Steven Gerrard. He's not He's not even close to what Gerrard accomplished on the pitch. Right. But could he be a legendary captain and winner and an important piece for the club? Because that's what he's been. Right. But he's not the most important. He's not the best. Right. In the team or in the entire league. Right. And I think, I think what's crazy is that I think he would say that. Like, it's not, it's not a matter of... Um, <laughs> it's 
it's not a matter of whether he you know he's not chasing accolades he's not chasing like any trophy that he doesn't get to lift with the team <laughs> on a stage doing doing the uh the yeah. tappy toes like those are the trophies that that Jordan Henderson cares about um and so to me like and and it's interesting to bring up the Gerard comparison because you know is Gerard less of a player because he was the captain of some absolutely dog shit teams <laughs> Right, like he was, he and the answer is no. The right. answer is no. Yeah. It doesn't take away from the fact that he was a brilliant player. Yeah, and one of the greatest players in Liverpool history. So, I'd say equally, Henderson is not as a player, and I'm saying this purely like as <laughs> on the field between the lines, and not what he's shouting, not not for how he like marshals a team not how not how he like talks to people but i'm saying like strictly skill wise on the field being the captain of a great team doesn't make you a better player like it just it may he is a great leader i think i think he's a, a amazing presence to have around the team mm-hmm. he has obviously done a great job like captaining the side in terms of the types of on-field adjustments they make and he may be like a great manager for it one day. Yeah. But it doesn't make him better at the game of soccer. Like that's not a, like football, his football is not automatically improved because of that. Yeah. He is he has done so well over the last 2 months. But as you said, he had a he had a really rocky start to the season, I think. Yeah. Um came out the gate like he was criticized on this show. Um, but he was also he was criticized broadly. Like it wasn't just us. <laughs> like, so um, so the, the thing is, is that and the the concern that I have is that the you have Henderson entering this kind of stratosphere of Player of the Year, where he's up amongst players like Sala and Mane and De Bruyne and Verge and Allison. Yeah, like heavyweights of world football who have literally shown time and again just how good they are. Yeah. And the second that Hendo goes out and plays a 6 out of 10, <laughs> he's just going to get absolutely shredded. Yeah. Because now for whatever reason, we've assigned this idea that he's like this world-class midfielder yeah. who can do anything. And it's just not his game. Like that he is a he is great at a, at a few things, and he's good at a lot of things. But there's players out there who are just at a different level, yeah. and I fear that we are setting Jordan up for this just unrealistic, like Pogba level, kind of kind of fall where you know if Pogba's not banging in like two goals and two assists a game, mm-hmm. he's just he's just like trash now, like. <laughs> We're kind of hitting that. If if Henderson wins Player of the Year, the expectation is going to be, well, this guy's going to be like eight out of ten every game. Oh yeah, and that's not it's not necessarily Hendo style. And I'm no. interested to see if the big thing for me was as like Fabinho has come back, even against Southampton, like Henderson performed 
like before it was almost like this influx and in rotating with Genie when Fabinho was out, mm-hmm. where he filled a filled a void at the six, but he would also would push up at the time. He and Genie could do that kind of interchangeably. Right. Um, he did that really well, but even with Fabinho back and being like the designated like defensive midfielder six protection for the back line, Hendo still performed well. So I'm interested to see if that continues to be the case because I feel like that's where he struggled. Like when we were saying the same thing about Fabinho, like, oh, like most important player in the squad, like, you know, mm-hmm. more so than all that, you know, yeah. it's kind of the flavor of the month or, you yeah. know, I think kind of what we call the Lalana effect after that. <laughs> but that's what I'm kind of interested to see. Can Hendo keep, if he is like situated in that role more permanently? Right. And it's not kind of the flexible, interchangeable, we're, we're going to need you to do a lot of things. Right. If it's just we need you to push forward, press, and help the attack, mm-hmm. we'll see. Like, Hendo's thrived in that role before. Um, it could continue to do it. But, yeah, even so, it's yeah. it, it's a stretch when we've got, like, Allison, Verge, Sala, others in the team. Yeah. I mean, between <laughs> between... Salah and Mane, that's uh, Salah's got twenty goal contributions so far this season, and and Mane is nineteen in the Premier League, not yeah. not in all competitions, just in the Premier League, and that's just like I don't know if you can look past <laughs> stuff like that, and then you go to the other end of the field, and it's like you know we've we've conceded fifteen goals in the league, yeah. One player's been around for in in defense for all of that, and it's Verge. So, like, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of how football games are won, we have very important players at up top who score goals and assist goals, and then one very important player who, you know, despite changes to the back line and 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 all this, has been in every single game. And is not allowing goals, so yeah. I, that's I don't know. When you get down to the kind of the nitty gritty of it, it's hard <laughs> hard to look past players like that for how important they are. The the and I'll, I'll put the bow on the Hendo stuff with all of this is said, understanding entirely that he has been a fantastic captain amazing his story is incredible yeah the the fact that you know joining liverpool from sunderland and having having this kind of hype around him and then not meeting it yeah falling out of favor almost sold to fulham for clint dempsey (laughs) like thank god that didn't happen and so he is like an important cog in this winning machine that liverpool have become yeah. Um and he might be one of the bigger cogs in terms of like his off the field presence and his locker room, yeah, you know, all that stuff. Which we don't know. But we can't yeah, yeah, we don't see that. Except for like, you know, the little clips on inside Anfield where he like you know, does a little like bro hug with the referee as they go into the like referee changing room to talk about the game. Oh, you're thinking he's sweetening sweetening the uh the relationships <laughs> no i'm just saying like that's all we see is like but he was criticized for that too even right. like early in the captaincy where yeah. like oh gerard would have gotten in like yeah. the rest face or something like that so i, I will i will give credit to hendo he has 
he lets referees have it out on the field. <laughs> I don't think there's a referee who's been uh I would say I don't know if there's like an expected expected abuse <laughs> like expected yellow cards or something yeah, like that for, because yeah. Hendo Hendo's level of uh descent is is uh is pretty legendary, especially the Club World Cup final. That referee will have nightmares about Jordan <laughs> Henderson for years. Um, but as yeah, well, so. Costa as well. Well, yeah, obviously with the stare down. But yeah, no, it's like Hendo is really perfect in the role that he plays. Yeah, hyping it beyond that does him and and no one else at the club like any favors. Yeah, I think he'll he'll be okay with it. Like. I don't think he cares. Oh, no. I, I don't think he cares. I don't think that, like, will we see a drop-off? Maybe. But it's not going to be correlated in any type of pressure no. like they've got to perform. Like, no. you know, we've got, I don't know, do we want to Do we want to go with our top three? Are we ready is, to do that? This is tough. This is this is tough for me. I mean, I kind of just said it, I guess, like, because that was my gut. I think gut. I heard yours. That was my gut off the top. But, but it... it Reduce, reducing <laughs> reducing the list to importance does make it does make it tough. Yeah, and I will say that there are players that will get left off who are also <laughs> important. But when you have to rank it, it, yeah, you know, a rank is a rank. There can't be ties and all of this. So you don't have to go one, two, three. Just the three yeah. most important. Yeah, the I mean, the number the number one. It's tough. You said it. You said it earlier. No, the number one is Salah. Oh, you think Salah? Well, Van Dyke is up there. It's, okay, it's between one of. It's either Salah or Van Dyke okay. because, in terms of output or lack of output at the at the defensive end, like yeah. lack of opponent output, those two players, like Salah, Salah's underlying underlying attacking numbers are like Ronaldo, Messi, like. Ballon d'Or level in terms of his ability to link up play, his ability to score goals. Yeah. Like he on you know, in any other team, he'd have he'd have fifty goals. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's just the nature of how how Liverpool play and, and are able to score, you know, in other ways that that keeps him from hitting like messy levels of production. Um because he's just he he literally gets into good attacking areas whatever his underlying numbers are are untouchable yeah and then Van Dyke at the other end is I mean we brought him in and our our defense was <laughs> never the same like um, and it's it's just especially looking across the breadth of my Liverpool fandom um, and having to endure uh, the likes of of Martin Skirtle and. Uh, Satir- Satirios <laughs> Kyriakos uh, at center back. It is like it, it's watching Liverpool is different because of Virgil Van Dyke, and yeah. that's and that's uh, so that's why he's number two. And then I think I think you could make an argument that between uh, Sadio and then yeah. number four, but I I I'll, I put Sadio up there just because um, in terms of converting the chances that we shouldn't and scoring goals like in moments where it doesn't seem like we're going to score like he's yeah. that guy who pops up at the at the big moment 
even though it's kind of been Bobby recently. Yeah. Um, but Sadio, Sadio is that dude. Who, yeah. Who just he scores when it looks like all hope is lost. He, you know, scores a left-footed banger for no reason, and <laughs> and everything's cool. Well, especially this season too, the way he's creating, which right. His not just assists, but like expected assists, mm-hmm. always blew my mind because they were so low. And you're you because you're always thinking this of this fluid front three that we have, but yeah. the vast majority is always you know in the attacking sense. Yeah, because we know Firmino's doing a lot more in regards to you know dropping into the middle, keeping position. I think I said something about it not too long ago about how we're so much better now at keeping possession and breaking teams down right? whenever he drops in. But obviously he's doing that as a sacrifice to maybe goals and assists too. Sure. I've been torn, and I think it's because of all the names you mentioned, specifically Skirtle, um, who <laughs> our most important are. So yeah. I think because of those names, I lean more towards the defensive side. Sure. I've been back and forth, but... I'm going to go first and foremost with Verge, yeah. Virgil van Dyke, um, just because, like you said, he's the constant. doesn't yeah. matter if it's been Adrian in the back, Matip, Lovren, Gomez, anybody like that. Like yeah. We are transformed under him. Um, and I think as I dive deeper into some of those, when you look at just basic XG and <clears throat> like Allison is a shot stopper yeah. and ex- like, you know, expected saves, things like that. Like, he's far and away, it looks like he's the most important player. But as we dive deeper and see that, like, you know, the defensive impact or presence on shots, like, it's really showing us that players like Van Dyke, to a lesser extent, Gomez, Robertson, Arnold, um, are, are having an influence on allowing Allison, who is incredible, but giving him chances that are... <laughs> stoppable so i'm leading with verge i'm still gonna go with allison as my number two and then for me it's almost a toss-up between i think Salah first and foremost mane the form that he had um in firmino like that front three they're all so different but i think maybe it was was it dan it was either dan Kennett or simon brunish that was talking about i think it was dan Kennett. Yeah. the like lack of touches that Salah gets mm-hmm. and what he's able to do with those. Like receive, yeah. I don't know, like 21 passes or something like that. Yeah, and creates that was every time he touches the ball, he creates from it. So for me, like, I wouldn't be opposed to hearing like Firmino. I think, you know, Mane is clearly, you know, up there, but under Salah in terms of what he what he offers. But like Salah, like every time he touches the ball, it's like there's a chance for something to happen. So yeah, pretty similar. But I'm going to lean more towards the defensive side on my uh, my most important three. Yeah, it is <laughs> the the stat that you uh, or the the tweet I think you're referring to, um, Dan Kennett. And I won't I won't censor this because it's it's deserved. Mo fucking <laughs> Mo fucking Salah versus Southampton. Nineteen passes received. <laughs> Three key passes, including two big chances created, 44 total touches, 32 in the final third, 11 touches in the box, four out of seven dribbles completed, four shots, two goals. Like, (laughs) he said, I've never seen a player do so much with so little. Literally everything he does is at the business end of the pitch. 
His productivity is sensational. 2.3 XG plus XA in this match from just 44 touches. Ridiculous. It's insane. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it... The, it really is, and someone someone else put out the uh, you know the his product his his numbers versus Ronaldo's, um, in uh, and uh, it was you know similarly just like Salah's numbers are better than oh yeah Ronaldo's in the Premier League so, yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's yeah he's he's at at a level that we can hardly kind of fathom at this point um Mo Salah because it is it's it's become part of the routine he comes in his first season oh, yeah. smashes the Premier League scoring <laughs> record and now that you know that the see the, the next season he only wins the golden boot so like it's yeah it's a drop-off what same like it gives re- like completely validates what you said about Henderson like right. if Henderson has a drop-off right like Going from a record breaker to, oh, you know, he's just putting in 20, 25 a season. Mm-hmm. Like, that's Salah's, like, floor. Mm-hmm. Like, Van Dyke, you know, go, <laughs> just being the best defender on the planet. Right. And, you know, you, you don't always see. It's like we've talked about this before. Like, good yeah. defender and good cornerback in football. Like, you don't, you don't always see it. Right. Like, Hendo's floor is much lower than that. So if we hype him up to be these world-class players, like truly, truly world-class, not, you know, somewhere between like Michael Bradley and Virgil van Dyke, um, (laughs) like type him up to be these truly world-class players. If he does revert back to maybe what his norm is, like then he's just, that's when we get this back and forth of, Hendo shit. Hendo's great. Hendo, sh- and, and yeah. it's just like there's always a balance to have, and that's where that's right. all we're trying to do is right. like give balance to the the Hendo hate and Hendo like ridiculous love. Right. The narr the narrative. The narratives. Yeah. Trying to smash them, but um, but yeah, I mean, there are so many important Liverpool players right now it is you know literally everybody i guess is 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 all kind of yeah rowing in the same direction and and trying to get the job done and i mean in all of that talk we we didn't shout out genie vinaldum who um is i think for both of us we watch and is doing what henderson does but just more consistently yeah genie's always done that and shout out to stan who i think will make our our list later on yeah he will but genie's had maybe reverted back to like genie's norm which is flying under the radar a few touches but still super influential um and controlling the game progressing the ball and and that's what's so shocking to me like genie's had maybe two or three games where he hasn't been on it right but aside from that he's been phenomenal all season and he is like just as much of an embodiment without the armband as what this LFC team is. Right. So, yeah, we won't get into the the Stan Hendo Genie drama. Right. Um, but yeah, like Genie, like even uh, continuing with Stan and drama, but like <laughs> Robertson, uh, like even Arnold, like Trent Alexander Arnold, to yeah. just that's where you know our most creative player is. Right. So there are all of these. 
they're really like interchangeable based on what have you done for me lately. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's what we're just trying to see through the mist and all that. Yeah. It, well, I mean, I think back to the, to the Lester, the Lester, uh, match and it, that, that's a perfect example because after that, if you had told anyone, um, like, Oh, you know, Trent's, Trent's been good. They'd be like, Trent, Trent is world-class. Trent is like player of the season. Player of the season. The, and, yeah. and it's like, okay, like Trent does amazing, amazing things for us is, is our most creative player. Yeah. Um, provides the most assists, but again, not, not in the player of the year discussion strictly because there's so many other players that yeah. should be in that conversation. And apparently, apparently Hendo is one of them, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, we had a we had a little bit of as we as we head into the the third act of of two red gringos, we we <laughs> head into the the villains and heroes, and I, I'm I'm gonna start calling it villains and heroes because I always used to say heroes and villains, but we would always start with the villains, <laughs> so we'll go villains and heroes. Um, so the villains first, bit of a weird interaction uh, that I had on on Twitter yeah. this week um, with a uh, a fan, uh, like a su- supporters group, which was weird. Yeah, the, uh, what, is it the New York Foxes? The New York Foxes. I was thinking back for whatever reason, thinking it was Chicago, and then when I looked back, yeah. it was uh, it was New, New York. Um, yeah. Yeah, didn't, didn't really see the initial tweet coming. Or, yeah. Then understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, many of you, many of you probably saw the picture that came out in the uh, aftermath of Liverpool's win against Southampton. Bobby assisting Hendo's goal. Um, <laughs> Bobby standing hands behind his back, just staring, just Stoically. staring into Stoically. the into the crowd, yeah. and Hendo Hendo running over and pointing um, at at Bobby. So I I jokingly captioned it. Uh, that a oh and a nice detail of it was that there were multiple Southampton players on the ground in the box um, <laughs> and so I uh, I just said you know uh, uh, Bobby being the general in this case like a general surveys the battlefield as his aide rushes in <laughs> to deliver news of their victory and um because it looked like it, it looked like Bobby was standing, standing over like a, like yeah. a, like watching the battlefield, you know, and uh, and uh, so I made that joke, you know, just um, for no reason because I was, you know, on Twitter, and uh, I woke up to a, <laughs> a series of notifications because that that tweet for whatever reason that tweet it like banged. kind of mini, I'll say mini bang. Come on, like no, bang for us, like if it hit double digits, yeah, it bangs, it bangs, it, banged. it, it banged. Banged. Um It didn't. I don't think it hit nice levels of bang. Like it, because nice would be what sixty nine retweets is nice. Oh um, yeah, so yeah, sixty nine. Any, I'll, I'll I'll go with sixty nine. <laughs> Did it hit triple digits yeah, in phase? Okay, hit, hit triple digits. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. So it was a nice. It's not noise. It was, but, but it was nice. Yeah, it's nice. So the, uh, um, yeah. I, one of the notifications I wake up to is it get, it got quote tweeted by by the New York Foxes and and they said uh, they said alternate caption two players 
who or two footballers who play for a team that paid 170 million pounds for Southampton players. O- o- All right. O- okay. <laughs> I mean, the Foxes they I they shot they shot their shot. I, I guess I would have paid 170 million for Virgil Van Dyke alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, at this point in in Liverpool's transfer business. Transfer banter is not hurting my feelings. Above reproach, yeah. Like I'm not. Uh, that's not getting to me. Yeah. Like if you made it now, if you hit me up in you know 2010, and we're like you paid 35 mil for Andy Carroll, I'd probably yeah we're hurting. React. We're hurting. I'd probably react yeah. angrily. Yeah. Um, but no, now it's come on. You got to do better than that. So, so I just replied back with like, cool. Like you got anything? else to add to this joke that had nothing to do with your club and yep. was at the expense of absolutely nobody um and they after a short exchange um it was it was just weird because it it just wasn't i guess i could have understood them attacking like if it was about lester yeah or if it was even a picture that had a Leicester player in it or, you know, a I game don't know how the Foxes in. came across that. That's what either. I'm I, I it must have been retweeted by someone it had to be in New York. Who yeah, maybe New York maybe because they're all pretty or maybe LFC New York probably retweeted, yeah. so maybe that was how they saw yeah. it. Yeah. But but regardless, it was it was one of those weird internet moments where I just didn't really understand what was happening or why it was happening. Um but I kept replying because it was funny, and <laughs> I got to a point where I was just replying with gifts from the Netflix sketch comedy show, which I'm pretty obsessed with. <laughs> um, I think you should leave, which is pretty absurdist comedy, and so all of the responses became absurd. Yeah. Um, but I eventually, and with the help of, of Stan, who we'll get to in a little bit, um, <laughs> I eventually went from this random reply on twitter to they left a five-star review on uh our pod on itunes we still so, got it yeah that that's a dub <laughs> so the biggest dub this is the biggest dub <laughs> yeah so we got the dub anyways uh irl like we got an irl dub yeah yeah um from internet internet uh it was just banter you know um but yeah so the foxes are the first villain because they it lashed out for really no reason. Yeah, I tried to come up with like a friends, foes, foxes thing. <laughs> it's like a Michael Scott like pudding moment. Pudding. Trying, <laughs> trying to think of something with pudding. Um, <laughs> but no, so foxes, villains just just for the direct attack. Mm-hmm. Often our villains do not come directly at us. Yeah, but we come across them on the timeline. Right. Um, but no, foxes now, so they could easily hey. become a hero. Yeah, they, who, I mean they worked, they worked themselves back. Who knows? Uh, yeah, yeah, they were they were <laughs> they're like a striker like coming back from an offside position. Yeah, like they were offside, but now you know they they they're they're working to try to come back onside. Yeah, um, I knew they were okay when I dropped the. I know you really didn't listen to our podcast because they're longer than War and Peace. Yeah, exactly. And they just kind of chuckled at that. So I was like, right. okay. Um, but yeah, we'll get to the stand yeah, we'll and get the to hero the, comments. to the real reaction, the real heroes of the situation. But, but. then, just timely, just timely. Yeah. Um, I believe it's 
at LFC underscore libertarian, mm-hmm. which, you know, a little bit of a surprising name. But anyway, yeah, okay, it's it, Texas. It's we Texas. We were, yeah, weren't really sure where that. Yeah, you know. How big, he found us, but. Big, big socialism, socialist presence in the club, but libertarian. <laughs> All right. Um, so I described him as, so he comes in with a full-on, like, whatever site posting they do or I think whatever. It was a screenshot of a Facebook group yeah, post. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the Facebook group screenshot and talking about, like, very passionate about, you know, dropping the clop, like from doubters to believers about hendo yeah um and now he's full he's full hendo he's gone full hendo now (laughs) is what we can call it but i see it as any time that you're meeting up with friends if you're going out if you're going to a party you haven't been drinking and there may be you know we're all technically binge drinkers here so let's say they're about five or six in so you're 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 a few you're a few behind and so you know you do maybe an extra shot or two to catch up and by the end of the night, you're just blackout. You have just yeah. just made a mess. You haven't participated of the entire evening. No, yeah. no, no. You were late to the party. Yep. And then when you got there, you went so over the top that you probably had to leave. Um, <laughs> and that's how I see one. Not just because he's a libertarian, but I don't trust libertarians. It's like the Parks and Rec quote where she's like, "I don't trust librarians because what they're just too well read or something like that." Yeah. That's how libertarians act. Um, but then, too, just the perfect moment of the issues with all this rise of Hendo. Like, you should have already rated him, but right. now that you're rating him, like, these, this has always been here. Right. And it's not exactly to the extent of what you're describing. So yeah. the LFC libertarian, um, the other villain. Yeah, he gets— he gets what it, it really is like a timeliness thing because he mm. he literally dropped into our mentions like a couple <laughs> hours ago. Um, as I was stuck on the El Paso Juarez border, yeah. maybe. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it is one of those where you know if if you rated Hendo before, then you wouldn't require this over the top like crazy explanation of why you rate him now yeah and i think it also summed up a a lot of the issues with the hendo player of the year situation which is most of what he cites is like intangible stuff yeah where it's like the (laughs) amount of effort the amount of leadership the amount and it's like okay that's this whole club (laughs) yeah. yeah I would love to see a football, a professional footballer, aside from like Berbatov and like Urzil, <laughs> who aren't putting in like their top effort. You know what I mean? They're just like, ah, I'm just not, I'm not trying. Um, you know, I could have done more, whatever. It's like these people are literally running themselves into the ground for 90 minutes <laughs> every week. So that is not like so yeah James Milner that's not a sign of, of right <laughs> that's not a sign of being a great player like there are plenty of people who can run a lot um, but anyways yeah that was that was a, a nice timely villain and then number th- number three I mean he is maybe the villain of LFC of Twitter. LFC Twitter yeah. He's a goon. Yeah. He's we've a got, goon. We've got Anfield Agenda back in the back in the villain list. And just just because his take 
is a part of this like kind of Henderson narrative that we're right. that we're tackling. Yeah, it's all um, very thematic here. But then we also have to mention, as some of the Orlando supporters have, um, you know, his crying wolf about racism, mm-hmm. even though he's even whiter than you and I. Yeah. Um, but he happens to be Irish. Right. Um, not going to get into that. No. So I thought maybe that ship had sailed. And then in one of the replies to that, what is it, like 888 Sport or Bet or something? Yeah, 888 Bet or yeah. whatever. They, I'm pretty sure they used to uh, sponsor Bolton's kits. Oh, yeah. Like back in the day. Yeah. And we have been notoriously like... Like Stu Holden era Bolton. <laughs> So this is this is just oh, getting now we're worse just and worse. Down. We have been <laughs> steadfast in one of our support for Jordan Henderson, and yes. two, our anti stance on betting sites on Twitter and and, yeah. and all of that bullshit. Um, yeah. Another one another that one. that used to be our campaign. <laughs> our campaign. Maybe we'll get that started again. I think we'll we'll fire that one back up with a retweet of this horrible take <laughs> of blocking betting sites. That may that may elevate him to the true villain of <laughs> of not just this week, but overall. But no, it's just also just football Twitter in general in this like, you know, unpopular opinion bullshit takes mm-hmm. where it's just the dumbing down of what was initially like like a great source of information, right? And that's probably like a larger trend then to what's happening in the media news at large but it's just one him in general and just his face yeah to <laughs> to his takes and the way that he interacts and just bullies people on twitter yeah and then now like taking part in a betting site kind of bullshit the mm-hmm. same thing that we were calling out because what was the unpopular opinion before it was the city fan yeah like saying liverpool have bought the league Right. The season where they spent... Yeah. What, zero? I mean, <laughs> I guess the whatever the compensation was for Harvey Elliott. Yeah. And, uh, and then seven, seven mil on Taki. Yeah, Minamino. Like, I think he rolled that out before the Minamino had been... Ign- but anyway, like, just things that are just blatantly bullshit. Yeah. That, I don't know. And maybe we're part of the problem because we're talking about him, but... I think you kind of said this in a post, like mm-hmm. you've got to call out, yeah, bullshit. Like, well, especially especially when it's from big accounts, like yeah. And that's the that's the the difference is like when when these type of Liverpool accounts, it, they they are the ones that when people say, "Oh, Liverpool fans are yep. horrible." Or whatever, and they're so annoying and all this stuff. This is the guy they're talking about. Yeah. Like, they're not talking about most of LFC Twitter. They're talking about this dickhead that yeah. that gets on the betting site <laughs> and says that Henderson is better than Paul Scholes or whatever. And they're like, oh, LFC fans are assholes. And it's like, that one is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's just, it's brutal because you can't, you can't really fight it because he's going to continue to have these like partnerships and stuff um but i think you know the more that you whittle away at a at the audience of a guy like that and the more yeah. that you kind of expose the the nonsense for what it is which is you know he's trying to he's just trying to build this like 
personal kind of banter brand. Yeah, and it's just whatever. bullshit. And yeah, so the more that it gets exposed, like maybe maybe it'll show that um, that it's not worth paying attention to. Yeah. Um, but a true but a true villain, a true villain, and maybe we'll we'll kick that betting uh, <laughs> anti betting campaign. Another off one, another one. Uh, just block it. Basically, if you if you come across any type of like sponsored content that is based around a betting company or a betting company like putting out its own content, which this is <laughs> what that was, just block it and then and then <laughs> post post the handle, letting everybody know to block with the gif of DJ Khaled <laughs> saying another one. Another one. Because we're going to keep blocking them. Another one. And then that gives us a chance to play more DJ Khaled and exactly. Chance the Rapper. Right. Which I feel like we haven't done in a while. Yeah. So maybe maybe do back for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, but now it is time to move on to the heroes. And unfortunately we don't have we don't have a low. I mean, we have to give a shout out to those who provided all the like stats that we reference and the and the analytics that we reference on oh, the show. Yeah. So the Hall of Famers, Dan Kennett, come on, Simon Brundish, they've come been on. they've been sticking with it. Babu just still getting it out in these streets. Crack stats is like blowing up as well. So good for him. And also, I'll probably butcher the name. Babu will know it along with all the songs. But was it Sigurus? Cigar- the like, yeah, cigar- yeah, yeah. The, like the Swedish or yeah. Icelandic or whatever he is, where nobody can understand anything. Yes, and Babu comes from out of nowhere and saying like, "Somebody's got a gun in my head." Yeah. <laughs> I'm dropping cigarettes. Yeah. I'm like, what? I couldn't name one lyric from any of his songs. I think, and um, I've listened to him. One, <laughs> one of my, one of my favorite responses to that is. Somebody's got a gun to your head. What song are you singing? And someone's like, "Happy birthday!" There's a gun to my head. Like I'm not taking any Done. chances. Yeah. Like <laughs> Babu's out here dropping now's like Icelandic, to... yeah, like like folk I'm... music. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that I mean, that's just the level. Like, that's Babu level. Yeah, like he's... only. Yeah. All caps. No. He, only Babu. And, uh, and um, obviously Sam McGuire, who. Apologies for adding you wrong in the last episode, Sam. But oh yeah, Sam continues to kill it with the uh, with all his all his articles. No, so. I'm not going to give him any love. I haven't been uh, paying too much. I haven't been <laughs> popping up on the timeline. I think he, oh, we always joked about him being like the second or third at you know whenever you do the like at right. and then who's your second or third or sure. something like that. Sam would be there. I think he's got it. He must have dropped down to like seven or eight or something like that <laughs> too. Tough. Um, but I, I mean, he just keeps. It's almost like the the Verge effect, the Virgil Van Dyke effect, where yeah. it's just like he's just pumping out quality yeah. over and over again, and but we're, just, now it's we're like, just taking it for granted. But now it's like, yep, yeah, what else you got? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, like top rising star. You wrote an article about him a year ago. Yeah, come on. Oh, what else you got? Oh, you've been. Oh, you wrote you wrote another article about Timo Werner joining Liverpool. <laughs> um, no, I just. <laughs> That's just the one that I read the most okay. because I want that to happen so badly. But anyways, um, no, the the heroes this week, we've got number one going back to the New York Foxes exchange. Yep. Stan, who, I mean, obviously just he's been on the show multiple times. He's yeah. also like, I mean, one of the best Liverpool accounts you'll interact with. Um but Stan is just Stan's just that dude where 
when there is a slight against someone <laughs> that he that he that he rates or anybody he, in his circle or he cares about oh, or yeah. whatever anyone who is in Stan's circle you're getting you're getting flamed there is oh, yeah. no, there is no there's no limit to the to the uh effects that Stan will make you feel and not even just like flamed or singed but it's going to be a long like painful burn mm-hmm. where just when you think it's going back out he's going to start yeah. again oh yeah um, he'll be in your mentions <laughs> for like eight hours i will say this so uh what at carrie somewhere yeah who we all know travels all over the globe yeah um we were chatting about a, a different interaction mm-hmm. and she referenced like you know you guys have your supporters and i'm like <laughs> we've got stan who is basically like a thousand of any like yeah. other keyboard warriors that oh, might yeah. be out there all in one. No, Stan, um, is, Stan is like a different level, <laughs> as we've spoken about levels. Oh, Stan absolutely. Will, Stan will defend till to the nth degree. Absolute levels. But for the context, he did when the New York Foxes came at your tweet. Yeah. He fought back ferociously too yeah. in a way that i described was like was it jason siegel yeah from uh i, I love you me. man yeah. so it was like i love you stan where he i love just, you stan i yeah. love you stan <laughs> where you know this big bully came at him and he you know cursed at them and scared them away yeah into a five-star rating so yeah five-star no, hero a, it was it was the it was stan's uh emphasis that that got the five star so um, backed away yeah no so stan like i mean you know that you know how much uh the gringos love you but thank you for showing your love for the gringos true hero absolute hero um <laughs> the last one we've got for today <laughs> are we really closing this out with with mustard i think we have i to. think yeah all right so today you retweeted a tweet from a from an at maple cocaine yeah <laughs> knowing the name knowing the tag not sure the tweet makes up but yeah timely and just one of those things that i yeah. feel okay i can put this on the on lfc twitter right and people will enjoy it yeah this is in the wake of uh in the wake of the iowa caucus won't get too far into it sometimes we get a little <laughs> off the rails with the politics but um, in the in the wake of the Iowa caucus, uh, Pete Buttigieg put out a put out a tweet about the <laughs> fact that he won, um, which still not confirmed. Um, nor does anyone know uh, really anything about the results. But well, I think Pete knows or helps skew <laughs> yeah. them. But we yeah. won't. Pete we won't knows. get into that. But we won't. Yeah, we won't dive into that. But uh, but this tweet was a was an offspring of of that. Uh, scenario. This tweet was born out of was born yeah. out of Pete's quote unquote win. So I do you want me to read the tweet? Should okay. I? Should, I, should well, I, I want to give there? you the due credit for find, for for retweeting it in the first place. Well, <laughs> okay. So from at Maple Cocaine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. Unique. I never noticed how few likes Mayor Pete gets on his post. He pretended to win the Iowa caucus last night and only got 15,000, which may sound like a lot, but some random teenager is going to post mustard, low-key the best condiment in the game right now, and break 500,000, <laughs> which is absolutely true 
on so many different levels. It is. From Mayor Pete to Mustard, yeah. low-key being the best condiment in the game right yeah. now, which I said quietly. <laughs> I mean, we'll start with the 15K. 15K for a presidential candidate who is hoping to get millions of votes <laughs> in, in like a year. No, not even. In Less. like a matter of months. Yeah. He announces that he won a major, a major like, like crossed a major hurdle in his nomination process. He gets fifteen thousand likes, (laughs) and uh, it turns out he may have you know been a little premature with the with the tweet, but we'll see. Um, At best, been premature. At worst, you know. (laughs) At worst, like actively corrupt. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) we Uh, won't get into that. (laughs) Um, The but the the second part of this tweet is what really just makes it chef's kiss. Chef's quality. The A random teenager tweeting something and getting 500,000 likes is something that's often frustrated me. Yeah. Because I, I have been on Twitter for... All, a hot minute. All, gosh, 12, probably like 12 years. Um, and I have never approached those levels of bang. You've had some bangers. I've had I've had some decent bangers yeah. over the years, but not not approaching six digits. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's so that's another, uh, the next part. But the the really fine part of this is the fact that to me, and I mean maybe this will spark a debate, but to me, mustard low key is the best condiment in the game right now, and. I know this causes some some consternation for you because of uh, well spousal reasons. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough in the state. One because you know how much I love a good mustard whenever oh, yeah. we're, whenever we're sharing pretzels and dunking them. Yep, damn pretzels um, though. But it, on a sandwich, on any you know pastrami, what do you like a Cuban anything like mm-hmm. that? You know, it's just. Oh, I'm just making the connection that you nearly ordered two Cuban sandwiches. Oh, last yeah. Time that I you almost were here. went back to back. With and I'm Cubans. just making the mustard connection. <laughs> I, was, I thought it was a pork thing. No, it's a, it's a mustard thing after all this time. Low key, the best condiment in the game right now. I can't, I can't say no <laughs> to that. I had some good, like, dipping sauce with the Popeyes earlier, like a peppered ranch. But, oh, yeah. I mean, just. Mustard, the variety, the yep. complexity, the quality. And I mean, living in the Chicago area. Come on. You come on. For those for those who know, the real ones out yeah. there. Uh obviously a big part of the cuisine, the hot dog. Um the brat. And, and the brat. Ketchup does not go anywhere near those those particular yeah. food items. Yeah. Um, mustard is king. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it is really, it carries the water. I mean, we're talking, when we're talking brats, hot dogs, pretzels, Cuban sandwiches, like, mm. there is a host of different types of foods. Don't even get me which, started on, like, a honey mustard, too. Oh, yeah. Because that's just not even fair. Chicken tenders. We're oh. talking about all kinds of different types of foods that that are enhanced by mustard. So, I mean... Can we 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 put top you know most important 
Liverpool player, most important, <laughs> most condiment? important condiment. Like, is is mustard like the most important condiment? I don't, are you putting barbecue sauce in there? I mean, maybe in the top three. Okay. What about uh, speaking of Mayor Pete? What about uh, mayo. what about mayo? <laughs> I would say <sighs> mayo doesn't even come close for me. I'm anti mayo. Here's my here's my take. Anything? Well, not anything. Most things that I would put mayo on. Yeah. If I if there was mustard on it, I wouldn't need the mayo. Mayo's a, a yeah. luxury at that point. Yeah. If I'm if I'm making a sandwich. And it's like, uh, I don't really have enough mayo or I don't have mayo, but I've got mustard. Like, all right, no yeah. issues. Like, no drop in quality. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't need to substitute for the mayo. Yeah. I've got the mustard to provide. Maybe if I've provide. got, like, a spicy or, like, chipotle mayo yeah. over just a normal, like, then you start yellow mustard. Into, then you start but getting that, into, like, aioli territory. Yeah. And it's like But that's not the heart. That's not at the heart of what we're talking about. Right. I think, yeah. So barbecue sauce. What if I floated ranch out there? Is that a dressing or a condiment? No, I, I think ranch belongs in the conversation. Okay. I think I I wouldn't personally put ranch at at the top. Okay. Um, but you know I don't know if that has to do more so with the with you know your Indiana roots or <laughs> or what if it might be. Also heavily influenced by the wife, who oh, okay. will not touch mustard but loves ranch. So that I mean, yeah, that I'd say that's, that that probably about, speaks to some of the issues. What about gravy? Or is that too much gravy. of a stretch? I'm just thinking of what a burger like gravy fries. Gravy. gravy. <laughs> so that's a no to gravy. It's too, at best, it's too sensual. <laughs> I. Uh... <laughs> I can't. I no. I mean, gravy is a gravy is a rare thing for me. Yeah, I'd say it's not in the rotation enough to be. That's true. Up in the MVCs. That's like, true. The most valuable con- condiments. <laughs> condiments of the year. <laughs> All right, so we've got a lot of good qualities. We've got mustard. Gravy has a lot of good qualities. Barbecue. Plenty of leadership. Oh, plenty yeah. of effort. Oh but yeah. Not. Could the be consistency, captain. not Could the be. consistency. Well, he brings it on the holidays. Now, if I say consistency about a liquid, then now I'm oh, talking yeah. about like a texture. <laughs> Gravy has the wrong consistency. It's yeah, it's not consistent enough. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so what else is there? Ketchup? You putting ketchup in your top three? No, that's it's not too, even making my top ten. It's too basic. Ketchup, ketchup for me is one of those things that as a kid. Like I leaned, I, I lent, I leaned, I leaned on it a lot. Yeah, um, it was a crutch. <laughs> I think we talked about this. And last I moved, time. <laughs> I moved beyond it. I'm pro ketchup lately, though. I'm okay. back on the ketchup wagon. Okay, I I'll buy that. Yeah, but yeah, for me personally, it's not it's not making the list. Yeah, it's one of the first ones. I'm just like, Meh. what about like a relish? Yeah, I mean, well. <laughs> Yeah, on a hot dog. Strong, yeah. On strong dog, strong Chicago sure. ties. But it's definitely it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, I'm making something else. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Like it's not universally Like you're not making a turkey sandwich and, and like oh let's get the relish. relish. <laughs> I need a really strong pickled like I might even put pickles on a sandwich. 
before, you know, I'm not thinking, oh, before let's put relish, some, yeah. Put some relish on here. Okay. I think we got some more to discuss around the, yeah, there's uh, a lot. There's a, the MVCs. There's a lot of layers <laughs> to this. A lot of but, layers to this sandwich. But, I mean, the bottom line is that at Maple Cocaine came out with, I mean, he low key had one of the low key the best tweet in the game. Oh, yeah. So. So yeah, Maple Cocaine wins uh, wins one of the hero hero spots for <laughs> just a ridiculous intersection of a little bit of Mayor Pete hate, a, a lot little of bit of love. a little bit of Twitter talk, and a lot of mustard love. <laughs> that's really what that's the content we live for. Yeah, the two red gringos. I mean, when it really comes down to it, the rubber meets the road. That's what we're that's what we're <laughs> looking for. Oh man. Um, I don't even know how to like sign off. It's really after that, you know. Just, <laughs> just mustard. Just, yeah, MVC. Absolute, absolute, <laughs> absolute mustard. Mustard, man. Um, yeah, and minor, minor shout out to to you for the for the because uh, State of the Union tonight. So uh, and. Pat, you hit Twitter with the the absolute <laughs> state of this union. Mates? Did you have mates? Mates, mates yeah. yeah. The absolute state yeah. of this union, mates. Did Brian retweet that yet? I don't know. I think I got about four likes. So that, you know, that, that pretty much bangs for me. Because <laughs> Brian, Brian has mates in his Twitter bio. So <laughs> he might make the villain list if that if that doesn't change soon. Yeah, one of these days. <laughs> Uh yeah. Well, it, anyways, if you've enjoyed any of this uh mustard talk um or any of the rest of the episode, you can check us out on uh Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um a few others that I'm probably uh not familiar with. Um lots of podcast players, basically any major one you can find us Two Red Gringos and then you can find us at Two Red Gringos on Twitter if you haven't already and you can get caught up with all of the uh all of the banter with New York based supporter groups and uh <laughs> and the subsequent five-star reviews that we get from uh from getting in internet fights with them so um yeah at two red gringos on twitter and then you can follow pat at uh at mexico city lfc and then my uh my personal ones at baki balboa but um but yeah two red gringos for lfc stuff and uh despite all of all of the talk uh for all this time we are living in what is one of the greatest eras of Liverpool Football Club that I think we'll witness in our lifetimes. And uh, despite all of the nonsense on Twitter, do your best to enjoy the ride. Um, (laughs) And until next time, adios. Adios.